This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Game Bet and Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Wimbledon may be over, but the tennis is not. We've got two tournaments this week, not big ones, but two tennis tournaments this week. And to look through the action in America and over in Sweden, uh, my co-host as usual is tennis betting journalist over here in the UK, uh, Mr. Sean Calvert. Sean, thank you very much. You're on fire and the men's singles final at Wimbledon. Some fantastic picks. The 3-1 win for Djokovic. The match has just finished, what, two or three hours ago now. Uh, what did you yeah. make of that final? Well, it, was, it didn't quite have the fireworks I was hoping for, but it was still pretty lively, wasn't it? Mm. Um, it it kind of went the way that I, I thought it might in the end, similar to the Berrettini match last year, where the, the big server, the big hitter, just managed to wrestle a set. Uh, the, same, the first one, actually, the same as Berrettini did last year. And then Djokovic just slowly, slowly turns it around, turns the screws, just strangles the life out of the, the big server, just with, with quality, just with, he just doesn't miss. And he just eventually gets on top and he, you know, just nicked it in that tie break, didn't he? Kyrgios just lost it a little bit in that tie. But I'm not sure he could have gone to a fifth anyway. Kyrgios looked dead on the street to me. Well, I think the moral of the story is, is if, if you ever watch a Kyrgios game, you've got to cheer him at 40 love or 40 15 because oh, he, always does he, that. He, he, he doesn't give any unforced errors if he, if he gets to support at 40 love and 40 15. Obviously. It's nothing to do with nerves or anything like that. It's to do with the fact that his girlfriend and his family and his box never, never cheered him on. But yeah, uh, Kyrgios us through everything he could, couldn't he? I mean, his serving was, was yeah. pretty much superb and faultless in the first set, but it was Played just well. a performance from Djokovic's return of the serve and the way he played was just immense. Yeah, once he got on top of it, the, the first set, I did say, didn't I? I wasn't sure how, how, how each man was going to start, but Kyrgios started great, really good, and it didn't really give Djokovic any rhythm. But once Djokovic gets into that rhythm, it's very hard to knock him off it. Very, very hard, as, as, as everyone's seen at Wimbledon over the last numerous years. Um, yeah, Kiros did his best. He didn't. He didn't have a complete meltdown. He didn't. You know, he didn't. Obviously, there was the odd, the odd audible obscenity. I'm not sure why he doesn't get called for that more often. Actually, yeah. he seems to be doing it every 30 seconds, if not every three seconds. But I don't know. The, the umpires just don't seem to call it. They give him a sort of one one warning, and then they just sort of go, "Well, that's yeah, that's enough." I think it's going but to be a very not- interesting car ride home tonight for. Uh- Prince George uh, and uh, William. Oh, yeah. with, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be very interesting to see the language that comes out of his throat when he in his mouth when he comes to see great grandma in a couple of weeks at that Buckingham will be Palace. Good. That'd be quite yeah. that'd be quite interesting. Nick Kyrgios <laughs> effect at Buckingham Palace. Um, just before we go on to um, this week's action, obviously we've got two ATP Tour two fifty events. Um, yeah. The US Open is obviously not far away. There's big doubts surrounding Djokovic whether he'd be allowed into the United States. Obviously, we've now 
with no with the, without being vaccinated. But Djokovic is the market leader uh, with Bet Rivers now at plus one fifty. Obviously, if he plays, he's going to be minus money. Medvedev is two twenty five uh, fresh. We're not playing at Wimbledon. Alcaraz is very low plus three fifty. Nadal five. Would he be fit? Zverev who didn't play. Obviously, again, he's six. Berrettini who didn't play is eleven, and Kyrgios uh, is sixteen. Um, just your, mm. I know it's a, I know it's a month or so off now, what, what six weeks or so off for the, for the uh, start of the US Open. But um, just on your initial thoughts, it's very hard to bet without knowing what's going to happen to Djokovic. But um, if if he yeah. does play, plus one fifty probably looks a decent bet, doesn't it? It does, but I suppose you've got to check the rules. I mean, is it is it no runner money back or? Mm. Because that, that's 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 a big a big problem, isn't it? You're, you're taking a massive risk on Djokovic if it's if it's if it's all in. Um, you'd have to check that. I mean, Berrettini is an interesting one. Um, I think he could perhaps uh, perhaps do well at the US this year. Kyrgios sixteen to one that seems pretty short to me. I think we may have seen a, the best of him this year. Mm. I'm not sure he's going to make another slam. He had a bit of luck getting to that Wimbledon final. To be fair, I'm not sure he's he's going to make another one. Sixteen seems very very short. Um, I backed Felix ages ago, absolutely ages ago in, in the Australian Open. When he, remember when he played that great match against Medvedev? Mm. It was the quarters or semis. And I thought that's. I thought that at the time that's the best I've ever seen him play. And I immediately had a little bet of fifty to one for the US Open because I thought I thought that's probably his best chance. Obviously, that price has gone now, so I'm I'm quite happy with that ticket. Um, but yeah, bit bit too early to say. I think there's just too yeah. many. There's too many question marks. Just, just a lot. Felix Auger, Alice Sim is 17. Just one name I'm going to throw out to you. I don't know if you want to hear this name again, but Taylor Fritz is 50 to 1. <laughs> Should we go again on the Fritz roller coaster? What do you think? If, he, if, he, if he goes to the volleying school, uh, you know, I might um, I might get involved. But <laughs> until he learns how to volley, he's, he's, I don't want to hear his name for a week. Okay. We, we're, we're, is this a Fritz free zone? <laughs> this is a Fritz free zone this week on the podcast. Yeah, you talk about Felix Auger Aliassime. He was the, you're, you've got a nice little ticket on him at 50 to 1 to win the year. So, I mean, he's the head of the betting this week uh, as we head to Newport, Rhode Island for the Newport Championship, the Hall of Fame Open. This tournament has been dominated by American players over the last recent years. Eight of the last 12 winners have been homegrown players. And four-time uh, champion is John Isner, who's in the draw as the second seed, but obviously comes here with a bit of an injury uh, concern on his performance at Wimbledon. Uh, the market leader is Auger Aliassime, plus 250. John Isner is 4-1. to one. Uh, then we have Andy Murray at six. Uh, Van Rithoven, the, um, the the Dutch sensation, who was who served was in it was superb at Wimbledon. Took a set of Djokovic. He's eight to one. Uh, Cressy at eleven. Those two meet each other in the second round um, if they both progress through, which is going to be a very interesting and very lots of tie breaks. I expected. Uh, Steve Johnson at eleven. Jack Sock at fourteen. Uh, and Hugo Humbert, who come to back to a little bit of form at Wimbledon at fourteen to one. I know you like looking further down the list on the tournament winners, but um, what's your overall reaction of those market leaders and where should, where are you going to put your uh, your sort of your bets this week on the on the Hall of Fame? Well, it's it's, it's the old casino curse, isn't it? Um, no number one seeds ever won this tournament apart from John Isner, who's won it four times. It's it's, it's a, a famous old thing in in tennis, isn't it? It's it's it's, it's the casino curse. No one's ever broken it apart from John Isner. Is Felix going to do it? Maybe, but not not at that price for me. He's such a slow starter, Felix. That, he take, seems to take such a time to get into tournaments, and too often it's it's a luxury you can't afford. I mean, this time he's got he'll have a difficult match with I think against Kubler or, or possibly Thompson in the first round. That, that that's not going to be easy. Um, this is this is actually a really good quality draw. This is the best Newport draw I've seen for many a year actually. 
so many good players in it. You've got like Andy Murray's, um, you know, the Isners, the Felixes, you know, loads of loads of top talent, loads of good graphical players, Query, Manorino, all these guys. Um, I actually like Jack Sock in the uh, in the top half of the draw. Um, if you look back at who's won this tournament in, in recent years, it's 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 pretty much always been the big sort of big forehand guy. Um, last year, I think Anderson won last year, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, prior to that, Isner, Steve Johnson, Ivo Karlovic, and Rajiv Ram, who um, I managed to get 150 to one <laughs> a few years ago. That was that was quite a bit. Um, beat Ister in the first round, final set tiebreak, I think. But it's it's always these these big serving guys that that, that tend to win it. Um, Sock for me has got a good pedigree. He, he got to the final of the Ilkley Challenger on grass this summer. Then he played well at Wimbledon. Um, we know he's a really good volleyer. He's won Wimbledon doubles twice, US Open doubles once. So he, he's got he's he's got a good record here as well. He's won um, ten of his fifteen matches at this particular tournament. Um, so I, I quite like him. He's just, just slightly under the radar because everyone, everyone's talking about in that top half, aren't they? Felix, um, Murray, Bublik, uh, Query, all these guys. So I think I think Jack Sock's got a decent chance in the top half. Yeah, quite a favourable quarter. Bublik, you wouldn't really. Give well, he him a beat Bublik in the US Open last year. Yeah, and so. Bublik's performance so, since last match at Wimbledon was, wasn't wasn't that great. Uh, well, so who yeah. knows with him? Well, I mean, exactly. Um, just before, you know, what what's the you know what you, we we speak about weather conditions and weather's obviously going to be pretty decent here and, and the court conditions when we yeah. was quite low in terms of a percentage hold compared to other grass courts events. What's the stats yeah. like here and what's the sort of player profile you need to be looking at? Well, the the, the holds are more or less exactly the same as Wimbledon, eighty one percent, which is the same the same as Wimbledon's been the last few years. Few, not many tie breaks. Forty one percent of the matches have featured a tie break over the last eight years, which. It's pretty low considering the type of player that does play here often, your Isners, your Johnsons, Queries, all these guys. So it's, it, it doesn't, it always strikes me as a real old fashioned kind of grass court, like quite slick, quite low bouncing, good for a bit of serve volley. But it hasn't, it hasn't really transferred to the stats. It's, it, it doesn't seem as, as anywhere near as quick in terms of numbers as somewhere like Stuttgart or Haller or, or even Queens. You know, 81% holds, that's, that's pretty slow. But as I said, the type of players that, that won here, it, it's a distinct pattern, isn't it? They're all big, sir, big forehand, come to the net. Thanks very much. Um, so, yeah, so those are the kind of players that really you want to be having a look on, uh, you know, looking at keeping on your side. Obviously, Isner is one of them. You know, Cressy, Van Rijthoven, all these guys. I mean, there's, there's plenty in with big, big chances. Here. I think it's quite a difficult one to pick for this one. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is obviously we said at the beginning of the show the American, the Americans do well here. So, you know, eight, eight of the last 12 winners have. Yeah, it's another factor. So, sock for me is. Yeah, so sock ticks like. all the boxes um, on that market in the top half. In the bottom half, yeah. I, I want to take on Isner here. Um, personally, yeah. I think you know he's the, he's the four to, four to one second favorite. I, I didn't he didn't look fit did he at the end of Wimbledon when he he got beat it was brilliant against Murray. How much that game took out of him, and then he come back this next round. He just didn't look the same. So I think he's he had a knee injury. I think yeah, he was kept on, and I wouldn't want to be taking four to one or or, or I could see him going out early. I think Humber in the second round if he can replicate the form of Wimbledon can actually beat Isner there. But I really like the winner of that. Cressy Van Rithoven game. I think whoever wins that could get through that section. I, my 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 strategy here is to take on Isner. Um, but I think that yeah. Cressy Van Rithoven game is in the second round is going to be very very hard to call. I would definitely. I, I would actually fancy Van Rithoven there just because his statistics are, are, are better. What he's produced on grass this season is 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 a high, slightly higher level if we're just going on numbers than than what Cressy's done. But. I, 
it's going to be tight, isn't it? It's going to be it's going to be a tight match. I can't imagine either player winning that easily. Um, so yeah, that that does that makes it tricky, doesn't it? If you've got a match mm. like that, that could be, it's a bit of a coin flip. If you had to press me, I would go with Van Rijthoven. Yeah, I think well, that's why the, the, it's going to be hard to win. But I just think the bet, the value for me in that bottom half is try to oppose John Isner. I know he's got the good record. I wouldn't take him at the low odds with the injury concern. And I think the time could be right to bet Humber if he gets through his first run, which I think he will do against Isner. Humber is a great grass court player, had a terrible year, but obviously he's got better, had a good Wimbledon and, um, you know, should take a bit of confidence coming into the, to the build-up to the US Open. So the strategy here for me personally is to take on Isner in the bottom half, despite his good record. In the top half, we like sock. Um, what about some match betting? Have you looked at the matches in the the first round? Yeah, I mean the one that appeals to me is 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 taking Kubler to beat um, to beat Jordan Thompson. Mm-hmm. I just think Kubler's I just think Kubler's a, a class a class above Thompson if if he's fit and mm. got matches under his belt, which he now has for the first time in a long time. You know, I think it's a real a real big thing for him getting as far as he did at Wimbledon because it's, it's allowed him now to get a physio on board to travel with him you know every week and for someone who, like him who's had constant knee problems you know his whole career um, I think that's a real big thing for him I just think he's a better player than Jordan Thompson Thompson is, is the kind of guy he's, he's, I think he gets to finals of challenges wins challenges and you think oh, okay and then he gets back onto the tour the main tour and he, just, he doesn't really do anything and it, I, I just think Kubler's a a better player on grass. I mean, he showed it. He showed it at Wimbledon, didn't he? Beat Dan Evans. It was really impressive when he beat Dan Evans in straight sets. Um, then he went. He beat Sock as well in five sets. Um, I just think. I just think he's a better player. It's as, it's as simple as that. I think these odds are slightly wrong ba- based on the form that we've seen from Kubler in the last few weeks. I think he's he's got a great chance of winning. And Kubler is six and one on grass coming into this tournament, and he's available at plus one fourteen, the underdog against Jordan Thompson. If you mm. not shouldn't you know, if you're new to this podcast or you haven't you don't know much about Jason Kubler, just tell us the little story about him, how the surgeries he's had, and where he come from as a junior, and you know what he's what yeah. he's had as far as yeah, he was the he was the number one ranked junior in the world, but his his career's been absolutely blighted by knee injury. He's got a meniscus um, issue with his knee. I think he's had six different knee surgeries um so when, whenever he gets going he, he, it's, it's something that he's never going to get rid of you know but it's, it's something that perhaps he can manage a little bit better now that he's got a, a physio working with him or traveling with him week, week by week um but yeah just a, just a real shame because he's a, he's, a, he's a real real top player and um just wasn't able to his body just wasn't able to to handle the demands of, of you know week in week out day in day out tennis which is a, which is a massive shame yeah, so Kubler will be our play tomorrow in the first round at uh, the Newport Tournament, the Hall of Fame at Rhode Island. And Kubler is played about plus 114. Uh, the total games in that match are very, very high, 23 and a half, very high for a, for a best of three sets with over minus 107. And you can bet Kubler plus one and a half on the game handicap, which is minus 118, which probably isn't a bad bet because the chances are there's going to be a couple of tight sets, seven, six or something like that, or tie break or seven, five, when you consider the game line is so high. Uh, anybody else you like on the matches or just really that one on in, in the first round tour? For, uh, well, yeah, we're still waiting for the qualifiers, aren't we, to, to, mm-hmm. to finish. Um, I quite like I quite like Halis against Popperin, but not. I mean, it's not it's not strong enough for a bet. Halis is so inconsistent. You know, he, he can be anything on any given day. I just don't like Popperin on Popperin on grass. He just doesn't seem to. He hasn't really. I, I thought he was going to be really good on grass about three years ago, three four years ago. I thought. I thought he might really take to grass, but he doesn't seem to like it. I think he just doesn't trust the the, the surface with his movement. He, just, he hasn't seemed to really do anything on it for me lately. 
Um, and I just think Halley's... What's the odds on that one? Halley's, uh, look, the Halley's match. Um, go through it now. Sorry. Halley's is plus 102. Popperine is minus 127. So Halley's is Yeah, definite possibility is underdog. He's got such a big game, Halley's. You are taking a chance because he's... He's a little bit unpredictable. <laughs> but I, I definitely would be back with Bobber in favourite as favourite in that match. Let's uh, let's go that far. Yeah, maybe watch the game, have a look in play in Bet Rivers. Obviously, these are all being played in sort of reasonable time for American betters. They can watch these game in play because the tournament is in America. So it's good for you yeah. to watch that and you know, we'll probably watch it in play, see how the first set goes, we'll see how the first couple of matches go and look at uh, Halle. But uh, the one we really like. Uh, is Kubla to beat Jordan Thompson at plus 114. Now, we're moving across. We're staying in Europe. Uh, it's a clay court tournament. It's in Sweden, in Bastard. The Nordia Open, um, some mm. decent players again in this one, really, when you look at really the good. Court. Yeah, yeah, very good. For, for an ATP 250 event. Uh, the tournament mm. favourite is the number one seed and the defending champion, Kasper Rud. Uh, he's two to one. Didn't like it at all at Wimbledon. Forget that, his run at Wimbledon. Just, you know, put a line through that. Kasper Rud and Wimbledon do not go together. Uh, no. But back on his favourite surface, last time we played, you know, he's a, he's a French Open finalist and he's at an event where he starts at two to one favourite and he will go in here in confident mood thinking he can win it. Uh, second favourite is Rublev at three to one. My friend, every week, if you're new here, I always say, oppose Rublev. He's one of them players that always gets to the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam, semifinals, but runs into someone decent and gets beat. And even in these tournaments, I wouldn't trust him at low prices. Holger Run is uh, six to one with Bet Rivers, very, very low uh, compared to other books. They've got a really, really strong opinion on this young lad. He's going to be a superstar today. But would he win this week? He's six to one. Diego Schwartzman is eight. Again, had a pretty poor Wimbledon by his standards, but back on the clay. Uh, Batista Agut missed Wimbledon through COVID. He's 10 to one. Uh, and then we've just some other players around about, you know, Karina Buster at 13, uh, Sanego at 15, um, Davidovich Fakina, he's 10 to one. So really the market is dominated by two players, Kasper Rud and Andrei Rublev. Um, I know which one out of the two I would want to bet uh, on on clay but i wouldn't bet either of them at two to one or three to one no i i think with rude i just wonder now that he's reached the french open final miami open final you know he's he's, he's a very highly ranked guy now i just wonder whether he's going to be as committed in these 250s as as we've seen him before i wonder how much work he's done since wimbledon if any i, I just feel like after that really long clay season the, the, the spell in miami as well i just think he probably needed a holiday whether he's He's probably had one. He's almost certainly had one. But wh- whether he's actually really fit and firing for, for this, I don't know. Because he's playing next week as well. He's down to play, I think, Gestad next week. Um, so in, in the past, he's, he's hoovered up these 250 ranking points on his way up to the top. Now that he's at, now that he's virtually at the top, I just wonder whether he's, the motivation is still there. Um, uh, Rublev, I mean, I, <laughs> no, not, not for me. No. It's two to one. I mean, I, 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 I backed Rublev a few times in the past. In the tournaments on next week at Hamburg, I had him fifty to one each way a few years ago. Made made the final. I don't mind backing at those sort of prices, but um, yeah, too short for me. The, the one I like in the top in the top half is actually massive price. Karen Dolo. I think what you've got to bear in mind here in Borstadt, it's really slow. It's, it's arguably the slowest um, clay court tournament of the year. The weather doesn't look great either. I know we've got this kind of heat wave in England at the minute, but that's that's not transferred to um, just to the south of Sweden, where it's going to be showery, kind of 18, 19, 20 degrees all week. Um, it's it's got such a such a record of, of, of 
poor data in terms of the surface speed. I think only 19% of the matches that have been played here over the last eight years um, have featured a tiebreak. That's that's how slow it is. 73% service old. So it's it's one that for the real clay dog, the real clay grinders, which of course you could say rude. Yeah, he is one of them. But has he got the motivation this week? Karen Dolo, I think will like it. I think you I think it will give him a bit of time that he doesn't get in some of these other clay events. Um, I think we can see the best of Karen Dolo. I think that that's a tough match for Rude. First up, mm. obviously, the, the problem with with this draw when we're talking about it now is that there's some really good players in qualifying. Fognini's in qualifying. Um, he's, he took a wild card as an alternate um, into qualifying, which, which suggests to me that he just forgot to sign up for it or wasn't going to play for it and then changed his mind. So he's in qualifying. People like Del Bonis are in qualifying. Munar, all these guys are in qualifying. Kirindolo's got a qualifier. We don't know who he's going to be for another 24 hours. So that is, if he gets Fognini, <laughs> it's not yeah. really what you want. But at the minute, I don't mind taking a chance. I think he's 60 to 1. Um, that's all really. So, I mean, you're not losing much on that each way, are you? Um, the and other one I quite he's, 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 sorry, he's sorry, sorry, Carindula's scheduled to play Casper Rude in the second round so if you think that Casper yeah. this is an opportunity to get Casper Rude beat when he's not yeah, really care too much about it that is the kind of person you want to play and then he's got an open draw the way through to the to the, the latter stages yeah. so instead of taking uh, I don't know three to one to win that match you want to take 60 to one to win the tournament yeah Carindula's one of them players and he's very streaky you know he, he's either on it or he isn't but he played pretty well during the grass He's, he's barely played on grass at all in his career. And he played pretty, very some decent matches on the grass. Mm. Uh, I think he's just getting used to these European conditions now. He played most of his matches in South America up until a year or so ago. But now he's getting used to these clay uh, court tournaments in Europe. He is very streaky. He is very hit and miss. Um, but if he's on a good week, that, that, that price might look decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, like I say, the qualifying situation is, is, is really up in the air here because it doesn't finish for a day or so. The other one I quite like is Ramos at 33 to 1. Um, he's, he's got a good record here. I remember backing him to win it here about five years or so ago. Um, he's 13-6 win-loss at this tournament. Uh, he's the kind of player that, you know, he's, he's, he's going to put it in, I think, this week, Ramos. And he's in, in section of the draw. Schwartzman, I'm, I'm quite keen to oppose because his record on European clay in 250s and 500s is pretty poor. Um, he, he hasn't won... Uh, a, he, hasn't, he hasn't made a final, actually, on, on clay in Europe since... Istanbul in 2016, his, his effort levels in, in European clay court tournaments, 250s and 500s, not your Romes or, 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 or your Monte Carlos, but these sort of tournaments, his record is poor. So I'm, I'm keen to oppose him. And in that section, um, Ramos is the one for me that looks looks good because Kareno Buster he is he's one of a couple of players who I'm, I'm thinking might have an eye on next week because he's the defending champion in, um, in Hamburg. He's got a great record in Hamburg, uh, Kareno Buster. Um, injured in Wimbledon, retired, didn't he, against Lajevic. So he's, he's got a slight injury concern. I think he's going to be much more interested in defending those points in Hamburg next week than doing anything here. So Ramos at 33 is is interesting, and Karen Dolo, an even bigger price of the two that are sort of on my mind at the minute, ahead of qualifying finish. Is, is that in the just in the top half or do you just is that's the top you... half that's just a, that's just a, yeah i haven't even gone to the bottom half yet oh okay i, I was wondering if you, I, was, I was gonna say we're gonna come on to the bottom half and if that was going to be your sole two picks but in, in the bottom half because yeah. um in the bottom half we've got rublev we've got rune runer as we said Bastista uh, good and we've got sebastian buys um karina buster as he said he, you want to you want to um look for him for next week he's not going to be really that interested same with basil Asfili, actually as well he, he, he's got a brilliant record in Hamburg. 
I could see him just not turning up for this and then turning up next week for Hamburg. He's, he's very much a horses for courses guy. I could see this being a a, a no week for Basil Ashfilly and a, and a, probably a, a good week next week. So there you go. So Bash, we get, we get you're getting tips for next week already, and ahead of the the, the recording. Sometimes I have to look at next week and think, well. They're they're defending the title there next week, or they've got a great record in, and they, yeah. they, they you know you're trying to second guess what their mindset is. Exactly. It's work, but and there um, isn't much money at stake this week, is there? Five hundred ninety-seven. I know it's five hundred ninety-seven thousand euros is a lot of money, but it's uh, that's a tournament yeah. pot. For, that's a tournament <laughs> pot for these players. That's not that's not really gets them uh, gets them going. Uh, so on the bottom half of the draw, more, yeah. we, we, we've got uh, uh, we've got our two picks: Ramos, Vinodis. He's he might he must be. How old is he now? 36, 35 miles per hour? He's been around for he's years. About, he's about 34, 35. I, can, I still remember him from my uh, spread betting days. Because it, it was a, we had to put the initials in. And uh, that I, I think I left there in about year 2002. And he was still playing. He's, he's, look, he's looked about 40 for about 20 years. So uh, he's he's, he's been around for donkeys. Uh, so we've got Ramos Vinolos. And we have a Serendulo in the top half of the draw. The bottom half. Where do we like to look in the bottom half? Um, this is tricky as well. You've got some really good players at this bottom off. I, I quite like the idea of sticking with our, our man from Estoril Bays mm. um, around about the 18 to 1 mark. Um, very similar stats to Davidovich, Fakina, or Clay. Just Bays just edges it slightly um, in terms of the last sort of 12 months or so of Clay at main level against when compared to Davidovich, Fakina. The thing I like about Bays is he's, he's much more consistent than Davidovich. You know, Alejandro can just put in a great match. And then his level's nothing like that. The next match, he, he just, you know, he's only he's only made that one final, hasn't he? Which was in, which was <laughs> unbelievable. It was in a Masters. Yeah, never made any other final. Just straight up with a Masters final, Monte Carlo. Um, just doesn't just doesn't perform consistently enough for me. And and Bayes is a slightly bigger price than Davidovich. So it is. There's not much in it, but slight edge to Bayes in that in that uh, third quarter of the draw, um, which has got Dominic Team in it. Of course, we, we're sort of overlooking Dominic Team, aren't we? But you know he's 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 a he's a mile away, isn't he, from from the player that we're, we're used to seeing? Um, played in the Salzburg Challenger last week, lost to Bagnis. Um, and that was the I think that, that I think he won a match or two in Salzburg, and that, that was his first win since you know God knows how long. Just mm. looks a completely completely different player to what we're seeing anymore. He's about he's about he's about thirty to one or something to win this tournament yeah. team. Yeah, and he's he's plus one fifty five yeah. to win his match. This is a guy who was virtually a favourite for the French Open a couple of yeah. years ago. And now he's any price you like for a 250 in Borstadt. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, but he doesn't look like he's going to do it. And Rusevore doesn't do it on, for me on clay at all. Certainly not on this slow clay. Same for Sousa. He, he, he needs quicker conditions these days. So for me, it's between Baez and Davidovic in that third quarter. And I'm going for um, Baez. The one I haven't mentioned is Bautista Raga because he's, he's again, a, more of a quick court player to me. I think you'll find conditions too slow for me here. And he's had COVID, so... Mm, you never know what he's going to play. Uh, that's uh, Bayes, uh, Davidis, Davodovic for Kina for match. is the second round if they both win their match. So it's easy, easy for me to say yeah. that. But uh, they, they play <laughs> each other in the second round. So that is a big game for us in that section of draw. So we're going for Bayes in the bottom half. In the top yeah. half, we're going for Serendula and we're going to go for Ramos Venolos at big prices. Uh, what about the matches? Uh, there's a few matches at the start tomorrow. A lot of good clay callers in action. A lot of players who are, who are going to be love the conditions. A lot of players who aren't going to be enjoying the conditions. Where do we see much value in any of the matches? Yeah, I quite like taking on Karenio Buster with, with Vavrinka. I'm not sure I trust Vavrinka to win it um, as, as such, but you can get a reasonable price on him plus one and a half sets. I think that match is on tomorrow. 
Um, that's the one that kind of stands out for me uh, as far as the matchmaking, because there's quite a lot of matches here that haven't been decided yet, because the, the, mm. the qualifying is, is nowhere near complete. Um, the others are quite tricky, aren't they? Carrot 7 against Senega, that's, that's not someone you want you want to put any money on. But, but again, we talked about Basil last week, we briefly talked, touched on it. I, I could see him just not fancying it this week, so Gaston is a possibility there. I'm just not wild on the price. I'd want I'd want a slightly bigger price on Gaston against Basilashvili. Possibly one in play if Basilashvili starts well and wins the first couple of games easy. And Gaston goes on the drift. It might be interesting um, to get on him there. Um, just, looking the at, just looking at Karina Bush, the uh, uh, game, Sean, there's a couple of the angles here that, you know, we, we're looking at the odds. Uh, yeah. we, we can bet Varinka to win the first set, plus 165, 13-8. You know, he's, he's got a really good record against Karina. I know it's from years ago, but he's, he beat him easy three times he's played. I know he's not the same man and his things are different now, but I just think he's he's definitely got a chance of being... He's got a wild card this week. He's not going to want to waste his wild card. You know, he needs matches. And he's playing in Gestad next week at home in Switzerland. So he's, he's going to want to do well there. So he's, he's going to want matches. I think he's going to perform. Uh, uh, you can bet him plus one. Like the, the bet you suggested, plus one and a half sets is minus 130. Or we can mm. bet him on the handicap where he receives a three and a half game start at minus one hundred three. So there's a three. There's a nice, nice couple of ways to get him with Varinka. Yeah, decent options. Uh, we we can look around and obviously Bet Rivers have over forty markets on all of these different match, and uh, they've got twenty two markets. So I've uh, forty markets on the women, twenty two markets on the mm-hmm. ATP Tour, two fifty matches. But I'm sure more will be added uh, as the day goes on uh, on the build up for tomorrow. Uh, so Sean, that's pretty much it, really. I uh, just want to say thank you very much. As well, as always, I mean, some of the insightful stuff you've given us today is is, is gold dust, and uh, I really enjoyed the Wimbledon fortnight. We ended it on such a good result with all the, the all the big yeah. teams in the final. That was a really nice way to end. So the, we're going in with a bit of momentum now, going in the, into the American hardcore season, and we're going to go right through. Uh, all the way through to Flushing Meadow, Meadow in the, in September. Uh, Sean, if anyone wants to follow you and look for your tips as the tournament progresses, uh, where can they find you? On Twitter, at Sean Calvert one Yeah, you can follow me at Seeley underscore Nigel. And please remember to give us a like on the YouTube of, uh, on this show and obviously leave a comment and the not too bad ones, please. Uh, and also, if you want to download us on any of your or podcast providers, your usual podcast, you can download us. And uh, we're doing really well. We're in the... Top, I think we we're number 13 in the downloads in the UK download charts for tennis, and we we're just outside the top 20 in the American uh, download charts, which is a fantastic achievement. And it's all down to you, Sean, your knowledge, and uh, and also wow. the, the listeners coming on and, and coming on and downloading. So, thank you very much. Well, listen, I, I don't give compliments out too much, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would take it when they come. So, I'll take it, yeah, I'll take it, take it, take it. Just to, <laughs> if we would have been number one, if well, listen, I'm not going to mention his name because I said it was a, a a Fritz free zone, but uh, oh. if he got to the final, we'd be number one in the podcast charts. That's, there's no yeah. doubt about it. Number one, we'd be smashing them all off. Anyway, <laughs> that's been Game Better Match. Uh, good luck with all your bets. I'll give you a quick recap uh, just in case you missed them. In the Hall of Fame market, the big bet for us, we're going to go for Kubler to beat Thompson. Uh, on the outright market, we like uh, in the bottom half of uh, Van Rithoven, uh, we think is going to do really well. Uh, in the top half, who's I can't, I can't think of. Oh, Sock Jack Sock oh, yeah. uh, in the top half of the draw at in Newport, and on the Bastard tournament in Sweden, in the top half, a massive price, seven Dula at sixty to one. We've gone for Ramos Vinolas at thirty three, and in the bottom half of the draw, we like Bays. And what price can we get Bays? About eighteen to one, is it? It's about eighteen to one. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, good luck with that. And uh, Sean, I'm probably speak to you uh, later on in the week, or we'll be back this time next week. And we're, I'm, we're gonna, the exciting news is we're going to have some more of these podcasts as the big tournaments progress, as there's more tennis action going on as we have the build up to the US Open. Uh, please remember to gamble responsibly. And thank you very much and take care. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. 